Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to Netflix and Swill, a show about reviews, trailers, uh, alcohol, and complaining. I'm Caleb. Uh, don't like that vibe already. Uh, I am here and present and ready to talk to you about financial stuff that no doubt you'll zone out for entirely. No, I love uh, I love being talked at about numbers. Let's be fair here. You talk at me about lore. Like who Vecna is yeah, and why and why Vecna is and how Vecna is yeah everybody always asks who Vecna is but no one ever asks how Vecna is uh, otherwise I'm okay uh, I'm an old man I hurt my back somehow uh, because landscaping duty no just uh, s- sitting yeah it was well it was mainly I woke up and then my back was not great. So again, it's Man. I need to get another fucking mattress. How sad your life must be. Oh, it's extraordinarily sad. But uh, it's the life I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just gotta just gotta keep it going till it stops. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I don't know. I didn't do a lot today. Um, just kind of hung around the house, hung out with the wife. There you go. It's kind of it's kind of laying low and getting ready to go back to the old grindstone. Were you off? Uh, I mean, for the weekend. Oh, I guess it is off for you, considering that you would work six days a week. Yeah, I used to. Mm. I mean, I still do, but I used to, too. Thanks, Mitch Hedberg. All right. Well, uh, in lieu of, you know, trying to draw out uh, a bunch of banter that may or may not be there, why don't we begin the show as is tradition with a segment called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! What do you have, Dan? I have... Uh, my steeped jalapeno vodka. It's back. Uh, I drank like four fucking drinks yesterday uh, in between recording a podcast, recording another podcast and magic playing. So neat. Yeah, it's it's back. There's more. We're back, baby. What do you have? Uh, I have some white cat Finger Lakes white table wine. It's uh, it tastes like a pear. It's like it's like the. Pear grape juice that you can get in the juice section at your local supermarket. All right. Yeah, it's not bad. Seems all right. I got it because there's a picture of a sexy cat in a hot tub on the front. I mean, that means it has to be good, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, hook me up with that furry shit. Love that furry shit. <laughs> What a fucking people are people are fucking wild, dude. 
Yes. Which ones? Which people specifically? Yes. I don't know. There's currently uh after um after Comic Con last night, there's now a hashtag uh recast T'Challa thing going on because, you know, Chadwick Boseman passed away and they don't want to recast, you know, T'Challa out of respect, I believe. Mm-hmm. And now people are like, it's disrespectful for you to not recast him. And it's like, okay, so they they don't win no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, people are just mad no matter what they do. Yeah, so. I'm good with there just not being a Black Panther. I'm good with there just not being a Marvel. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think they should just leave it alone and do other things. Yeah, you know, uh, give give us any uh, original ideas that actually, you know, fucking matter. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to solve that problem. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. That's true. All right, uh, let's get into news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. All right, uh, Netflix had their Q2 earnings call, so Dan, lay the stats on me. All right, so Global Subs, they lost about a million. Uh, Remember that last quarter they anticipated losing two million? So to uh, a lot of people who are completely uneducated, uh, this was a win in the quarter for Netflix, and I just go, no, it's, it's, it's. I, I equate it to uh, you lose a you lose a close football game, and the coach comes out at the press conference. He's like, "Hey, we battled hard, we gave it our all, still came up short." And it's like, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. You still lost. Like you can compete all you want, and you can say all the right things, but you you still lost. So. From that perspective, not a great quarter. Uh, however, uh, revenue went up uh, one one hundred and two million dollars over the quarter, uh, including uh, I think it was like two hundred million in the United States, in Canada. Uh, remember that a price hit increase hit last month, uh, and Netflix's average revenue per user in the U.S. Canada region went up to fifteen point nine five dollars, up from. Uh, 1491. So, uh, if you want to know, yes, Netflix did increase prices and yes, Netflix did lose subs, but overall they increased revenue. So they won. Just remember that they, they made a bet and they gambled correctly. They've still made more money than last quarter. Uh, other thing to note, us, uh, us Canada subs are down 1.3 million overall. Uh, Europe, Middle East, and Africa were down 750,000 subs. Uh, We had an increase in subs in uh, the Asia-Pacific region. And Latin America was also down, but just slightly. So, yeah, just just not good overall from from Netflix. Uh, I I don't know. This was more like a, hey, they're treading water kind of quarter than, you know, oh, my God, they outright lost. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they did, they did a few a, a few good things happened, a few bad things happened. So you know, it's just a it's an okayish, to a degree quarter. It's not fantastic. I'm you know Netflix, Netflix is never going to say like, oh, this is the best quarter we've ever had in our entire lives. Like, no, it's not it's not, it's just not. So uh, next quarter Q3, they anticipate adding one million subs. 
Uh, we'll see about that. I doubt it. Anything you want to say? Why? Why do they anticipate that? Their content slate. To which mm, I look at their okay. content slate and I go, uh, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> like outside of Stranger Things, which, is, which just wrapped up, you have the gray man, which uh, seems to be doing well. Uh, people shitting or people are shitting on shitting on shitting on uh, Resident Evil, like saying it's one of the worst things I've ever fucking seen. Still haven't seen it. That's next. Ne- that, that is next week's topic. We will talk about it then. Uh, you, you have the Sandman. Uh, See, have- certain people who are in our sphere have been shitting on it. I've heard a lot of, uh, you know, man on the street type feedback of people saying that it's real good. Uh, so there's no accounting for taste. Well, I will say the series is sitting at a 3.5 on IMDb. Yeah, and it's the third most watched thing this week. So sure. As I said, no accounting for taste. People love Trey Ash. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Cobra Kai comes out next quarter. I don't know. I, I just look at their content slate and I'm just like, where the fuck do you think from Stranger Things, the finale of Stranger Things hitting, where do you think you're getting more subs out of this? Day shift? Uh, it ain't no fucking way. <laughs> ain't no fucking way. There's there's just... You, you lost subs to Stranger Things being there at the end of the quarter. You lost subs. And and you think somehow that having Stranger Things for one, like premiering on the first day of that quarter will solve that entire quarter's problem. That is not what's going to happen. I don't understand it. Well, no, not if you don't believe in it. I mean, I don't believe in it. They believe in it, clearly. They're, they're still pushing <laughs> it, but I don't believe that it's going to do what they want it to do. So, yeah, that's that's just my opinion on it. I, I, I could be wrong. There could be something immaculate that happens in Q3. If if there is good for them. Is Reed Hastings fired yet? No. That won't be until after this year, I bet. And they'll just walk into uh, fiscal 2023 with a, a new CEO. Oh, man. You know. <laughs> you know who could be the CEO of Netflix? Who? Reggie fils Give it to me, please. My body is my body is Reggie. Uh, that that would actually be fantastic uh, from a public a PR perspective because then we'd actually get Reggie in front of the camera, yeah, and, and not you know a corporate robot or like fucking paid actors who just don't care to fucking be there. Just give me panels like with just give me the E three presentations with Reggie fees me. That's it. Man, I'll never forget the one E three when uh. Or it might have just been like a Nintendo Direct, but it was like Reggie Fizume, uh Shigeru Miyamoto, and Satoru Iwata, and they were talking about the uh, the Star Fox game on the Wii U, and like they all turned into like puppet versions of themselves. Yep. It was fucking wild. Yep, yep, that happened. I remember that. Uh, there was also the time where Reggie Fizume went. Uh, that's all the time I have. I'm now, I now have to go start playing <laughs> Animal Crossing on my Nintendo Switch. Yeah. And so every time I, uh, ejaculate prematurely, uh, you know, she's like, did you just fucking come? And I'm like, okay, that's all the time I've got. I've got to get back to playing Animal Crossing New Leaf on my Nintendo 3DS. 
fantastic stuff. That's that's what I want is is somebody like that within Netflix who is willing to kind <laughs> of make themselves a meme, but also be extremely smart of business. Uh, and unfortunately, I think uh, Ted Sarandos and Reed Hastings are not those people. Yeah. Before before his work with Nintendo of America, Reggie fils uh biggest like claim to fame was coming up with the Bigfoot pizza, which was like a gigantic sheet pizza from. <sighs> was that Domino's or Pizza Hut that he was the CEO of? I don't know. I think shit. I'm not confident one way or the other. Pizza Hut. Yeah, uh, I should have just committed to it. Marketing director at at Pizza Hut. So yeah, that's 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 uh, all I have to say regarding the the Q2 earnings call. It's it's not a very eventful one. Uh, a lot of people trying to make mountains out of molehills regarding it. Uh, there's also we also got clarity on ads. Ads are coming in 2023. Password sharing the the whole password sharing changes coming in 2023. They introduced a new version that people are freaking out about because uh, every article title is saying it incorrectly. Mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. Uh, again, and I, I mean this, uh, there is a, a complete media blitz against Netflix in any way, shape or form. And uh, I don't root for the company for the most part, but uh, it's very obvious how biased the media is against Netflix right now. That's true. Hey, did you know that uh, Reggie fils has a podcast where he talks about video games? I did not know that. I'm I'm not saying that people should pause this podcast and go listen to it. Uh, but maybe after, if you're not doing anything. Yeah, that's fair. They could do that. All right, next, uh, Netflix has purchased Animation Studio uh, slash VFX Studio Animal Logic. Logic. There we go. In an all-cash deal for an undisclosed amount. Uh, the studio is most notable for its work on the Lego movies. Yeah, neat. I love the Lego movies. I looked at their slate, Animalogic slate, and they still have like some outstanding stuff from like Warner Brothers and other production, like, like production houses. So they have to clean that up and then they'll probably fully be Netflix in like 2025 is is my guess. This mm-hmm. still has to get approved and all that stuff, but. It's Netflix buying a, a VFX slash animation house. Like, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think this will be fine and we'll go through. There's there's many other things to worry about in terms of the FTC. Don't they already have uh, a similar like studio that they own? Maybe. I don't know. I thought they had acquired some other animation company. They're just all the news is basically off of um video games right now, which is like a different thing. They own three gaming studios, but Oh yeah. I don't see anything regarding who they own in regards to like content. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Probably making it up. You they probably own something, but I just don't see it because it's just buried and everything else. Well, uh, let's move on from uh, this failed line of discussion and get on back onto the content. Netflix's content spend growth is seemingly over, with Reed Hastings saying that $17 billion is in the right zip code for the next few years. 
I just thought this was an interesting anecdote that uh, content spend, for the most part, will stay relatively flat mm-hmm. during a time where everybody else is scaling in terms of content spend. Uh, Netflix leveling out is interesting, especially as inflation increases, because ultimately $17 billion this year will not equal $17 billion next year. Or like five years from now. Well, I mean, that's why, you know, to get back to what we were just talking about, like, it's another reason why, like, it's in their interest to acquire, like, other studios and brands and stuff, because they can do more with that content budget if they own the places that are doing, like, the effects and stuff on it. You know what I mean? Like, that's why Warner Brothers is so profitable, because, like... They don't they don't even have to make movies because like other studios rent studio space from them. Like they just own everything production related. Well, that's actually what Netflix owns is a production house like the, in mm-hmm. New Mexico, I believe it is, or Arizona, one of the two. But that might be what you were talking about. But I I might be wrong. But yeah, Netflix yeah, is a know. similar thing. But I don't know if they license that out or lease that out to anybody. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Uh, finally, more Fear Street movies are in development on Netflix. No word at who's on charge. Who's on charge? Uh, no word on who's in charge or what stories are being adapted, but they exist. Uh, I'm here for it. I hope somebody gets their head pushed through a bread slicer. That's ultimately all I need is, you know, people to have their heads pushed through bread, bread slicers. That's it. That's all the news. Yeah. Uh, We'll get into downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, So our first trailer this week is for Carter. A man with no memory has only one mission to complete. Witness nonstop real-time action in this extreme action spectacular. Carter, August 5th, only on Netflix. A man wakes up missing his memories, directed by a mysterious voice from a device in his ear. He sets off on a hostage rescue mission rife with danger. Uh, Dan, what did you think of this? I think it looks cool. This looks real good, actually. This, yeah. uh, I don't know. It reminds me of uh, Hardcore Henry, kind of, like, visually. Like, a lot yeah. of, like, cameras swinging around and, you know, fast punching and then shooting and flipping over cars and jumping out of planes. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great stuff. Give it to me. This is what a uh, Korean movie? Yes, because uh, he's in South Korea, has to take a child from South Korea to North Korea in order to give humankind the vaccine. So potential Last mm. of Us vibes. Gotcha. So <laughs> what they're saying is North Korea's patient zero for uh zombies yeah that's definitely what they're saying because that reminds me of um the fuck was it called oh uh world war z the book where uh north korea went completely dark from the map and no one knows what happened in north korea because they're they're just gone like Hmm. in theory they went underground and everything and maybe a virus outbreak no one knows what happens in the book it's fantastic 
It's one of those things where it's like, I want them to adapt the book into like a limited series, but no one will do it. No one will touch it. They had to do the Bar- the Brad Pitt version, which I admittedly I didn't watch, but uh, it is what it is. All right. Uh, next trailer is for Tekken colon Bloodline. Power is everything. Jin Kazama learned the family self-defense arts, Kazama-style traditional martial arts, from his mother at an early age. Even so, he was powerless when a monstrous evil suddenly appeared, destroying everything dear to him, changing his life forever. Angry at himself for being unable to stop it, Jin vowed revenge and sought absolute power to exact it. Uh, His quest will lead to the ultimate battle on a global stage, the King of Iron Fist Tournament. Uh, So this is based on the video game Tekken, which I have no connection to. Same. It looks but, neat, though. It's yeah. uh, it's uh, anime. Yeah. But it also is doing that thing where it's 3D art style trying to replicate 2D. So it doesn't piss me off, but it, it fails because I know it's 3D. <sighs> and I, yeah, I, the, the, it could be a cool anime, but also like, fuck this style because dragon ball z started going to this style now and i'm like oh god fucking shoot me i just hate the way it looks why can't they adapt video games that i'm interested in like final fight what about resident evil do you are you interested in resident evil do you give a shit about resident evil Mm, i did at a time okay i'm looking forward to the resident evil 4 remake Let's see what 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 fucking no because like all my all the games I'm interested in I don't need to see in a TV show. It's the thing I don't fucking if I never see an adaptation of anything I I've ever played or watched before again I don't I'm fine I don't care like I don't need to see Mass Effect I don't need to see Assassin's Creed I don't need to see fucking anything. If I, if you want to adapt that shit cool I'll give it a chance but I don't need it. And I'm not going to complain about it like some Yu Yu Hakusho anime fans are about the way the fucking anime adaptation, live action adaptation fucking looks right now. Like, guys, just shut the fuck up. Stop hating shit before it's even out. You haven't even seen a, a frame of the show and you're already fucking bitching. Shut up. All right. Uh, next trailer is for Look Both Ways. Lily Reinhardt stars as Natalie, a young woman whose life diverges into two different paths on the night of her college graduation. In one life, she becomes pregnant and must navigate motherhood as a young adult in her hometown. And in the other, she moves to LA to pursue her career, uh, AKA the best timeline. In both journeys, Natalie experiences life-changing love, pursues her dream career as an artist and rediscovers herself. Look both ways. Also stars Danny Ramirez, David Cornsweet, Aisha D. Andreas Savage, Luke Wilson, Nia Long, and is directed by Wanuru Kahiu. Kahiu? On the night of her college graduation, Natalie's life splits into parallel realities after she takes a pregnancy test. What life, what will life and love bring? So I think their intention here is that like both stories are like, you know, this is your life ends up where you're supposed to be and you're happy. But to me personally, the one sounds like a living hell. (laughs) Well, that's true. Uh, And I agree with you there. I think this is an interesting concept. 
And it's why the, the trailer is even here in the first place. It's like, I think this is a interesting idea. Now, considering mm-hmm. the fact that it's a movie, uh, I don't know how you're going to squeeze all this shit into 90 minutes because it seems like you have to- two full movies here and now you have this. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I automatically assume whenever I see things like this is that they had an idea for two small bad movies and tried to put them together. Mm, maybe. But uh, I don't know. I It's an inter- like I said, it's an interesting idea. I just don't know if it it will work in practice. But uh, I applaud them for trying. This is actually one of those kind of movies that I look at and go. Yeah, I see what you're going for here. It probably won't work, but, you know, at least you're trying something different. Mm hmm. All right. Uh, next trailer is School Tales, the series. Eight horrifying comics stories have been adapted into an eight episode series that will scare everyone off the school ground at night. A girl jumping to her death, a haunted library, canteen food made from human flesh, a headless ghost in the school warehouse, a devil infested room, a vengeful demon in an abandoned building and a classroom where only dead students attend class. Prepare to face a new kind of fear during the day. The school belongs to the students, but at night it's a different story. Unspeakable horrors roam the halls in this anthology featuring ghost stories directed by seasoned Thai horror directors. So yes, this is from Thailand. Uh, looks pretty good. Looks interesting. It's, you know, I, I appreciate anthology series. Uh, yeah. I think we need a few more of them. So cool. Like seeing this. Uh, this was premiered at Geeked Week. And I thought it looked interesting there. And I'm glad it's, you know, releasing so soon. Yeah, it's spoopy. I'm very excited. Dan, are you ready? Sure. Uh, Our last trailer is for The Sandman. Dream dangerously enter the world of The Sandman on August 5th, only on Netflix. There's another world that waits for all of us when we close our eyes and sleep. A place called The Dreaming, where The Sandman, Master of Dreams, played by Tom Sturridge, gives shape to all of our deepest fears and fantasies. But when Dream is unexpectedly captured and held prisoner for a century, his absence sets off a series of events that will change both the dreaming and the waking worlds forever. To restore order, uh, Dream must journey across different worlds and timelines to mend the mistakes he's made during his vast existence, revisiting old friends and foes and visiting and meeting new entities, both cosmic and human, along the way. Based on the beloved award-winning DC comic series written by Neil Gaiman, The Sandman is a rich character-driven blend of myth and dark fantasy woven together over the course of 10 epic chapters following Dream's many adventures. Uh, After years of imprisonment, Morpheus, the king of dreams, embarks on a journey across the worlds to find what was stolen from him and restore his power. I'm ready. I'm here for it. I fucking love The Sandman. Look, yeah, looks okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm more to say that I actually visually this looks fucking very interesting. I think this actually looks like the most interesting thing that will ever be on Netflix in terms of visual. Okay, not ever, but that has been on Netflix to this point. Yeah, since it's all like you know, dream stuff, I hope that there's like at least a few instances of like. Uh, you know, like buildings folding up inception style. 
some real Doctor Strange shit. Yeah. Yeah, the thing of, like, Dream being captured is, like, the most horrible thing that you could imagine. Like, that's the setup for the beginning of the comics is basically, like, Dream has been imprisoned for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think it's a hundred years in the comics. I think they say that in here, but like, I think, I think it's like a decade or so, but like, since dream is imprisoned, uh, like nobody can go to sleep. So like, it's just, you know, a living hell all the time. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. Like the, the person who captured dream, they were trying to get, uh, they were trying to capture his sister death. Cause like the plot is like set like seven like primal forces and they all begin with the letter D. So there's like dream, death, destiny, um, shit like that. Mm-hmm. So like they were trying to capture death so that like humans would be freed from like you know the cycle of mortality. Uh, but they fucked up and got dream instead. Uh, so he has to punish them. Well, okay. It's cool. It's cool. It's a cool comic book. All right. Uh, I believe you. Uh, I will just watch the show. All right. That'll bring us right into quick hits where we talk about non-main review things that we taught that we watched this week. (laughs) And uh, I will kick it over to you because I think you have things to talk about. All right, I watched uh, like 10-ish episodes of One Piece. Uh, I'm at the Baratier arc, and my God, this arc is painfully long for no goddamn reason. Uh, just fucking get it over with already. I, I think I'm like two episodes from the finish. It just takes so fucking long. Uh, I mean, One Piece fans, shut the fuck up. Uh, the show isn't perfect, and I can't wait to see the live-action show do Baratier arc better. Because it will. It will do it better. I know that for a fact. Well, I don't know that for a fact, but they they probably know. Oh, my God, this arc is 10 episodes long and it doesn't need to be. Dear sweet Jesus Christ. Let's just put put an end to this shit. Uh, And then I watched uh, The Man from Toronto. Uh, You watched it last week. I decided to watch it this week. Uh, My God, Kevin Hart is very unfunny. Uh, Yeah, he's he's never really been funny is the thing. It's just it's just not an entertaining movie. I didn't I didn't have fun. Just kind of sat there and uh was very disinterested the whole time. I it just doesn't work as a movie. Well, it works as a movie. It has a plot, a, a beginning, a middle and an end. They all flow can, like in a way, but it was just so uninteresting that I just went, "Eh, fuck this" and you know, play it on my phone. Yeah. See, uh, I don't know. I was actually really entertained by it, but also like there's a lot of really bad uh, effects in it, especially like any explosion. Uh, The effects are horrendous, like truly, truly horrendous. And I don't know who the fuck greenlit these. It says it's a Netflix original on Netflix. Like it has the N in the corner of the poster. There's no Netflix stinger at the beginning of the movie, though. So like, why are you even branding it as a Netflix original then? Just don't don't even have that branding on there. Just make it like, hey, this is a, a straight from a straight to DVD dump by Sony. Yeah. 
I float between a one and a half and a two for the man from Toronto. I think it's a complete waste of time. Damn. Well, different strokes. Yeah. What about you? Uh, nothing special for me today. Thank you. All right. So with that, we'll get into a quick break. And when we come back from that break, it'll be time to talk about uh, Netflix's biggest movie of the year so far, The Gray Man. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy Della Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main view topic for the week, The Gray Man. The Gray Man is a new action thriller movie on Netflix. Uh, It's a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb uh, and rated PG-13, which. How? There's a lot of killing. I guess they don't show any titties, so murder's fine. Uh, when the CIA's most skilled operative, whose true identity is known to none, accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets, a psychopathic former colleague puts a bounty on his head, sending off a global manhunt by international assassins. Uh, this is directed by the Russo brothers. Uh, stars Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna Darmus, Billy Bob Thornton, Jessica Henwick, uh, a man who's full IMDb credit name is Danush. Uh, Alfrey Woodard is here. Yes. Yes. Uh, so what did you think? So uh, a couple things. I saw this in theaters last Thursday and uh, I went to the Cinemark that was showing it and I was for the most part like, yeah, like it's yeah, I like it. But like also this looks like shit. And the reason it looked like shit is because they turned the contrast way down. So like all all the dark colors were like black. Basically, it was impossible to tell what the fuck was happening half the time. So, of course, I watched it on my nice TV out there. And uh, my God, does my nice TV look better than any Cinemark theater that has ever shown a movie ever? So I've I'm making the executive decision to never watch a Netflix movie at a theater again because this continuously happens where they look like shit in theaters and then look fantastic on my television. So uh, I'm done playing this game. Uh, Outside of that, it's good. I like this movie. I think it's a good fun time. It doesn't have to be heady or deep. And in fact, it's not heady or deep. It's very straightforward. Everyone tells you what they're doing at any time. So. It's very easy to follow, and it didn't really need to be anything more than that. Uh, I know critics were originally rating this like fairly middle of the road, but Rotten Tomatoes, I think, is like 53%. Uh, originally, before public got a hold of this, it was like a 5.1 on IMDb. Like, I, I think the current rating for it is pretty correct. Like, audiences seem to enjoy this much better than the critics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I find that to be the correct answer. Uh, you know, yeah. are there bad parts? Yes. But 
I'll talk about them, but for the most part, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. So for my part, like I didn't need this movie to be anything profound and not every movie does need that or should be that. Uh, I think that this is a fucking rootin' tootin' popcorn munching good time, shoot 'em up, fucking pulse pounding adventure, which is everything that I needed it to be. Uh, and this is uh, probably one of the best action movies of the last decade. I know action isn't your thing, but like, my God, that is something. Well, like, I don't know. Think of like stuff from the last decade, like John Wick is kind of like the thing. Everything's trying to emulate. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to consider that three spots on the list. I'm just not. He gets one spot. Okay. so I don't know. I would say this would be in like the top 20. Um. Mm, I'd have to go. I'd have to actually like watch that shit, but that might be close. I might agree with that. Yeah. That said, I can't really think of any other fucking action movies in the last few years. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I guess it is an action. I see. I wouldn't. I don't think of that as like when I think action movie for some reason. Hmm. Like it definitely is, but like right. I don't know. I think I think of it more as like a post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie, which like sure. yeah. So, uh, this or Extraction. Oh, this for sure. Uh, this or Red Notice. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Uh, this. Uh, this or Triple Frontier. This, yeah, Triple Frontier is. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, th- this or What Happened to Monday. I would say that I like what happened to Monday is more interesting in concept, but like this is a better action film. Okay. And then uh, last last one, because I don't want to do this all day. Uh, this or the old guard. This. Okay. That's fair. So you so in your opinion, this is Netflix's best action movie. Yes. And I'm confident saying that because my memory is bad. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so you got we got it on record, everybody. He he said the thing. On this one list, they have Sentinel as one of the top Netflix or one of the t- best action movies on Netflix. And it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? All right. So I don't know how much you want to talk before we get into spoilers, because like there there are there are spoilers. They they do happen, but uh, for the most part, like it's a very straightforward movie. I feel like you you know how it's going to end from the very like. 15 minutes in when you see everything unfold and develop into what the plot's going to be, you know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, like the whole the whole movie is just a vehicle to get you to La La Land uh, killing Captain America. That's true. Uh, Those are movies that they were in. Uh, (laughs) Which which might be the most unrealistic part of the movie. (laughs) Uh, I mean, assuming they didn't use a body double, uh, <laughs> fucking Ryan Gosling is yoked in this. Yeah. Well, I think La La Land was like 
that and like maybe Blade Runner 2049 were like his last movies for a while. And then he took a break and then came back to do this. And now he's yeah. back doing movies again because he's, he's playing Ken in, in the Barbie movie. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, like in in his hiatus, he's been just like eating whey protein by the handful. And and of course, fucking Ava Mendez. We should all be so lucky. Yeah. So. Generally, I like Gosling when they give him things to do. He act action wise, like he's solid enough, like he's he's doing a good enough job uh, character wise, like he's kind of like blank slate, but he does have some like good quippiness to it. Like it doesn't feel like it's forced quippiness. It's always like, you know, very funny, very quick. Like he, it's not like long, drawn out speeches that he's talking. It's always just like a quick one liner that he gets in there to, to make sure that you know that he has a soul. Yeah. Like, uh, the part where like the girl that he's protecting keeps shooting down his suggestions for restaurants. And he's just like, what do you want? What do you want? And then he stares at her for five consecutive minutes while the camera slowly pans around them. That's a joke about the notebook. It's a joke about the notebook. I remember that movie. <laughs> <laughs> are we just going to talk about Ryan, Ryan Gosling movies that aren't? Uh, probably. So then uh, let's move on to Chris Evans because he's like obviously the next best part. Uh, or actually to me, he is the best part of the movie because he, he's tapped into that uh, not another teen movie Scott Pilgrimness. Yes. And had. like the the dickhead from knives outness of it. Mm -hmm. So I fucking love per post Marvel Chris Evans. Yes. Uh, because like, he's just like, I've played the purest, like most incorruptible hero that has ever been on the silver screen. Uh, but I look like, you know, a fucking smarmy dickhead. So now I'm just going to be a shit heel in every movie. And it's glorious, which is great. I love it. Uh, I mean, it's what he was beforehand. Like even when he was Johnny Storm, he was still kind of a shit heel. Mm -hmm. And so he's gone back to it. It yeah, was like he was Johnny Storm. He he went when he played Captain America. It was like he was against type. And then that became his type. And so now he's back to playing against type. It's a very weird circle that he's gone in. <laughs> But I love Ms. Lloyd in this movie. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Like, uh, you know, he's he's just such an asshole the whole time. Uh, I mean, there, there's a sequence where he, he just walks in limping. And then Jessica Henwick's like, why are you walking like that, Lloyd? And he's like, because I got shot in the ass, Suzanne. Just <laughs> such an just such an asshole. And I love it. I like the uh, there's also Billy Bob Thornton is to the movie. Billy Bob Thornton's in the movie yeah. as like uh, Ryan Gosling's like former handler. And he's good. And mentor. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, I was like, oh, hey, it's Billy Bob Thornton. But he looked just different enough, like for me to question it. Sure. I don't know. Like, there's there's an uncanny like has his appearance changed a lot? Like, did he lose a bunch of weight or something like? I'm trying to think of the last movie I, I saw know. him in. Like it, it was it was a weird, like uncanny feeling. Like I feel like his role in this movie was like I had tried to draw Billy Bob Thornton from memory. Maybe, 
don't know. I, I'm trying to remember. I'm going to look it up. Like, what was the last thing he did that I remember him being in? Oh, yeah. He was on the Amazon show Goliath. I forgot about that. He was on that for like six years. Yeah. Oh, he hasn't done movies since 2018. Yeah. Yeah, And the last thing I think, I don't know that I saw Bad Santa 2, but I know that I saw a poster for it. Yeah. But yeah, that's like mostly he like, you know, uh, is like a producer now, I think. Yeah, he acts a little bit because the last thing I saw him in was Mr. Woodcock back in 2007. Yeah. Yeah, when he was banging Susan Sarandon, lucky bastard. So, yeah, I yeah, it's been a while for Billy Bob Thornton. So, like, I don't know. I guess he just got old because he's 66 now. So. Whatever, Uh, it's just yeah, it's like like you said, like draw Billy Bob Thornton from memory, but age him like 15 (laughs) years. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's uh. It's always kind of been Billy Bob Thornton's thing, too, is like he'll show up and everybody knows who he is, but he's never like hit it like super big, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think his most recognizable movie probably is Sling Blade, which was his first movie. Or Bad Santa. Yeah. Or Armageddon. Or Armageddon. So, yeah, I mean. I liked him. I, I liked him a lot in this in this role. I mean, he 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 takes the 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 usual mentor role arc that he has. Uh, I don't know. There's uh, certain moments in the movie where it's like, uh, wait, I, I know wait, what you're doing here, wait, but wait, also wait, it's not wait, working. Wait. Holy shit! Okay, so not only was Sling Blade not Billy Bob Thornton's first movie, he was in fucking Tombstone as one of oh. the evil cowboys. What the fuck? I've seen that movie like seven million times and like, I'm pretty sure I just uh, went into a parallel universe. Sure. All right, Carrie, I'm having a personality crisis. Go ahead and talk about things. All right. So Anna de Armas, uh, she's just there. I, I don't think she's anything special. She just exists in the movie, which is fine. You're allowed to just exist in a movie. Uh, all, although like she is, she is fantastic to look at, uh, whatever she's, she's just, just there. Reggie Jean page or whatever the fuck his name is from Bridgerton. Uh, he's, he exists. He's cool. Uh, I guess I was glad to see him. I think, I don't know. He, he was, he played your smarmy dickhead, uh, that doesn't get his hands dirty. We'll get everybody else's hands dirty, which was fine. Jessica Henwick. I liked enough, although. They basically just give her the role of Lloyd. I hate everything you're doing because you're an asshole. Uh, And so I'm going to complain about it very loudly the whole time. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm going to stop complaining when it's beneficial to me. Yeah. I I mean, outside of that, solid enough action. I think there's one sequence that looks like absolute fucking dog shit. And uh, we'll talk about it here shortly, but. Outside of that, uh, you know, solid enough stuff. And I'm I'm very happy that uh, at least to me, they they sort of nailed it. Yeah, they did what I needed to do. It's pretty good. All right. Spoilies. Spoilies time. 
Okay. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could Son just play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. So Billy Bob Thornton brought uh, Sierra Six, a.k.a. La La Land, uh, super secret agent man into the fold of the CIA. Uh, he was like in jail and he was like, I guess like a, it's like a suicide squad thing. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, then Billy Bob retired. Uh, there was a change in the guard. The new, the new guy is a dickhead. And like, there's a, a little like USB dongle that shows how he's a dickhead and he's trying to get people from getting it so that they don't know that he's a dickhead. Uh, correct. Uh, more like treasonous, but yeah, dickhead. Mm-hmm. Good enough. Some some light treason. Light treason. <laughs> So uh, a former member of Sierra, uh, who is Sierra 4, has it, and he's going to sell it off so that way, you know, it can get leaked because he won't leak it for some reason. Yeah. Like, if you have that, why would you not just, you know, just do the thing? So we can have a cool action sequence at the beginning of the movie around fireworks. Mm hmm. Which is fine. That's uh, ultimately that's what this movie is: is setting up a lot of action sequences uh, through convoluted means. Which, for an action movie, that's all you need. You know, there's a lot of people in this movie who get hit with like fireworks or other like phosphorus-based, like you know, explosive devices that would uh, basically turn a human body into uh, a fine red mist. Uh, and then they're just kind of fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, it looks cool. That's all the matter. All, ultimately, all that matters is, does it look cool? Oh, it does look cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for the cool looking thing. Yeah. So uh, Gosling gets the the dongle and then he's like, OK, uh, I don't trust my, my handler. Uh, so now I'm going to go fuck off and then uh, commit treason myself because I don't control the narrative. And then uh, Lloyd Hansen, played by Chris Evans, gets brought in and then uh, insane shit happens like uh, an airplane fight. Which yep. looks like garbage. Mm, yeah. It doesn't look the greatest. I I appreciated it for the fact that like in any other movie, like someone shoots a hole in the airplane and then everybody just keeps fighting in the airplane. This this movie at least shows like, oh, the airplane has big problems now. Well, uh, further compounding problems like a, a hole gets shot in the airplane and then it slowly, slowly rips open and yeah, then just peels open like a tin can and then slowly escalates to ripping itself in fucking half. Which is the wildest thing I think I've ever seen. But unfortunately, 
for them and for me, uh, the way they the way they shot it and the way the effects work was just like. What the fuck is this? Like, this just doesn't look right. (laughs) So uh, there's that. And then we get like some scene setting and like some color to the thing where uh, we find out that Ryan Gosling and this little girl who he has to rescue uh, had like a prior friendship, like slash family relationship kind of moment that also ends in a fist fight because uh, even the character moments have to have fighting in them. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, through happenstance, we get to Prague, which is my favorite action sequence in a long fucking time, probably since Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, That that action sequence in Prague is just absolutely crazy, where Lloyd's mercenaries go up against the uh, Prague police and Ryan Gosling. And just the sheer insanity of all the escalating weapons. There's a yeah, fucking mini that's gun. what I'm talking about. There's a fucking grenade launcher in a in the back of a fucking truck. It's fucking wild how much shit goes on in this 20 minute sequence. Uh man, I kind of want to just go watch that part again. Yeah, well, that's one of those things where it's in on Netflix. I wish like they had like scene selection. Or, you know, you could just fast forward, like, instead of just fast forwarding manually through it, you just like, I want to watch this action sequence. Show me it again. Hmm. And there it is. But like, yeah, that's it's Joe. It's just so fucking crazy, dude. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. I like, uh, you know, like the movie kind of also pokes fun at itself in like the tropes of its own genre too, a little bit, because like the whole time, like. The setup is like Ryan Gosling gets got by the police, but like the SWAT team is on the way, but also like the bad guys are on the way. So like Mm -hmm. the bad guys are going to kill all the cops and kill Ryan Gosling and just like basically, you know. uh, Resolve the situation by murdering everybody involved and, you know, try to sweep it under the rug that way and make it look like, I guess, a terrorist hit. I don't know how they're going to sweep it up, but but like the whole time fucking Chris Evans is like, would some like, yeah, because Ryan Gosling's uh, handcuffed to a park bench. He's like, Mm -hmm. will somebody please shoot the motherfucker that's handcuffed to a bench? It's great. Yeah. And they're all just running around like there's too many cops. We, We can't shoot them all fast enough. We can't kill all these cops that just keep seemingly pour into this uh, little plaza that uh, we that they refuse to clear immediately. Yeah. I know this is uh, Eastern Europe, but like if if the local cops are putting up that good of a fight against like what is in essence like, you know, uh, special ops platoon. Uh, maybe it's time to defund the police. You yeah, get fucked, Eastern Eastern <laughs> block shit. Yeah, that's I want. I want to make sure everybody knows that's just a stupid joke that I said. I'm not like, you know, planting my flag here. It's jokes. This that's is true. a character that I play on on the radio. Yes. So then we have a, the hospital action sequence where they, they just need to find uh, 
the girl's pacemaker. She has a pacemaker and there's a serial number. They have the serial number for it. They can track her location using the serial number. And then uh, what's his name? Dinesh uh, shows up as uh, the lone wolf and, you know, fights Anna de Armas and and Ryan Gosling and uh, gets away. And you're like, huh, that was a cool fist fight scene after we had the whole gun action scene. I needed that. Yeah, it was cool. They never really stopped doing action scenes. No. But like the pacing of the movie is smart enough to know that like there's different kinds of action scenes and we need to switch between them. So like there's there'll be like a large scale gunfight where people are just getting blown away left and right. Uh and then there'll be like, you know, a three minute knife fight where it's mm-hmm. just two people. Yeah. And and that's actually like that's something I forgot to bring up in the non-spoilers, but like my god, I love the pacing in this movie because it just moves. Yeah, it just it there it takes its little breaths, but they're not like they're just long enough where it's like okay, action. Oh, action starting. Cool, great. Yeah, it's good. And then we get the uh, sequence in Croatia at the very his- historic building that starts getting blown up by. Anna de Armas is she just shoots RPGs and and grenades and uh, <laughs> little little nests like that. That sequence is great. Gosling coming in and shooting the guys through the wall, saving the kid, Billy Bob Thornton. And then, uh, you know, shit happens and we get to our final showdown between Gosling and Evans. Uh, in a hedge maze for some reason. Because it looks cool as they go through it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, it kind of leans into the tropes and it's like it's like an action movie fans action movie, I guess. I actually originally thought it's gonna be like The Shining for a minute. I'm like, oh, we're going into a hedge mage. That's a, a hedge, hedge mage. Yes. Hedge maze. There we go. Uh, I wonder if he's just going to get lost in there and then get snowed in and died. <laughs> but now uh, they, they fight. Uh, Gosling gets stabbed a billion times and uh, continues to to live and is about to choke out Lloyd until uh, Jessica Henwick shows up to shoot him in the fucking chest. Mm-hmm. And then she spouts some nonsense about how like she's gonna let Lloyd take the fall. Yeah, fuck up what's so, Gosling. So like the bad CIA man gets off without anything like. I don't know. It's like uh, Chris Evans is like the mini boss for this movie and they leave it wide open for sequels. So. Right. Which is fine. Uh, I I think that's what Netflix wants, too, is a a sequel to this movie. Again, I don't know if the Russos will actually be handling it. I would like for them to handle it. I think they know what they're doing with action. For the most part. Um, I'm glad that like the main villain that they kill at the end wasn't the CIA guy though. Cause like that would have been, well, I guess three things It would have been weird. Cause he like, Oh, he just killed the CIA director and now he gets to walk out of the building, I guess. Uh, also it, it would have either been really anticlimactic cause you know, that guy's kind of a little bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would have just been like the most one-sided fight and he would have died in like 30 seconds max. Uh, or at the 11th hour, it would have been like, oh, he's actually a secret badass 
And that also would have been really lame. Right. So and not, and let's not forget also that uh, there's the mysterious old man they keep referring to who we never got revealed to us in this movie. Oh, so yeah. for all we know, he's the super secret bad guy behind the whole thing where, you know, he just, you know, fucks up at, or like he's a super secret badass or it's just like, you know, he just has super secret badasses around him. And then the final fight with him is like, you know, Gosling throttles him in a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Uh, he rescues the girl at the end. That's all that matters is he, he rescued the girl and got away. And now they live life on the lamb, which uh, if I remembered the sequence from uh, a series of unfortunate events and the lines that Patrick Warburton would say, I would repeat them now. However, yeah. I don't. They're and on the they're, lamb, uh, a phrase which here means uh, hi, on the run and hiding from authorities. Yeah. So anything else about uh, the gray man? He's really more of a white guy, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, they title dropped the, the, the name <laughs> of the movie, but yeah, he's a white guy. Sorry, I, th- I thought that joke would be, you know, more of a hit. It's fine. It, it I I like it. I know what you're going for. I don't know. Whenever I brought up the idea of watching this movie to my wife, uh, my wife, my wife, she was like, oh, is it an alien movie? And I was like, unfortunately, no. You can only hope so. Uh, what would you give the gray man? Uh, I'm going to go four. I'm going three and half. Three and half. Good movie. Good movie. All right. Uh, with that, let's move into uh, a dick pic. So we're just done with phrasing, right? Jesus, look at that black cock. Which is where I take a random, or one of us takes a random dictionary word, puts it in the Netflix, uh, searches it, and we pick whatever we want to watch. And this week, it was my pick, and I had the word flex. And that brought us to the brand new Netflix original children's animated movie Chicken Hair and the Hamster of Darkness. Uh, Chicken Hair and the Hamster of Darkness. Uh, original title Hopper a Le Hamster de Tenebres. Uh, is an animation adventure comedy. It's a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, follows a young hero born half chicken and half hair. Uh, eagle to fit in and feel loved in spite of his differences. He is obsessed with uh, adventuring in spite of his clumsiness. Uh, he's not really clumsy. There are circum- extenuating circumstances. True. So this is a, an animated family comedy for kids uh, with anthropomorphic animals. Many of which are rabbits, because I guess they are the aristocracy. Uh, and there's also chickens. Uh, one, the one main character is a skunk. The lackeys of the bad guy are uh, like bulls, cows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a turtle who, you know, is the the punching bag of the film. That's true. Uh, all my homies hate the turtle. Yeah. Also, there's a a tribe of pygmies which uh a word which here means uh small pigs that are also lego bricks like they build walls and other things 
by stacking themselves. Yeah. Yeah, they are definitely the uh the fun toy mascot of the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know. I know <laughs> I know we already brought up the the concept of furries once this episode, but uh you know, that that skunk is uh kind of the Lola bunny of this movie, huh? Uh, also, uh, Officer Judy Hops or whatever the fuck her name is from Zootopia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah, definitely the furries exist. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think of this movie? I think it's a solid kids movie. It's nothing to yeah, it's really decent. write home about. It's fine. It's just one of those things where it's like, yes, this is happening. Yes, uh, I, I get what it's going for of like. Hey, yeah, this this kid who's mixed uh, and that's the subtext of the whole movie is he's mixed. And, uh, you know, outside of his father who loves him, uh, there's two bullies who one is a chicken, one is a hare. They're best friends, but they hate the mixed kid because he's so different. Uh, and uh, ultimately, the movie is and actually called it within the first five minutes of the movie. She was like, and the fucking king even says the exact thing she says, which is our differences are what makes us special. Uh, mm-hmm. That is the whole plot of the the whole point of the movie. Yeah. Uh, as he embraces his differences in order to become the chicken hair. Yeah. So the beginning of this movie, uh, it's like before the king became the king. Uh, he's adventuring with his brother. Uh, and they think Two they're brothers. finding the, the hamster of darkness, but uh, it turns out to be a fake. It's basically an Indiana Jones ripoff. But like, they don't they don't find it. But what they do find is uh, a bassinet that has a baby in it, uh, who is chicken hair, and like, basically he looks like a rabbit. He's got a feather on top of his head, uh, and he has chicken feet. Uh huh. So they decide to name him Chicken Hair to draw everybody's attention to it. And make him Correct. feel further ostracized. Like mm-hmm. they could have named him anything. Fucking Dave. Right. That's the weird thing is he's chicken hair and everybody else has real names. Like the skunk is named Meg. What? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just it just shows you that like his father figure who is the king is completely unoriginal and cannot come up with names because he names his son, his adopted son. Uh, the two things he is. Yeah. Because that. And I wonder if that's a thing based off of like identifying factors. Like, do you just is he just named that because like. That's all people really see him as like they don't see him as, you know, like like you said, like a Dave or something like that. Like all, all he is is just like what he identifies as or what he's identifiable, identifiable as. Yeah, so bad naming Uh, so, you know, he's ashamed of himself. So he wears these jank ass shoes that look like rabbit Mm -hmm. feet, uh, that make him really clumsy. He wears Mm -hmm. like a big leather duster to hide his deformity. And he wears a big hat to hide the feather that comes out of the top of his head. Mm -hmm. Uh, and all of these things make him really bad at doing adventure things. It's like as he goes on the actual adventure, uh, he loses them and therefore is like 
able to really let his skills shine through. And like it was what was inside that counted the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, he slowly disrobes, uh, loses his hat, loses his coat, and then uh, <laughs> it turns out he has skills. Uh, skills that make him a nightmare for people like <laughs> the Lego pigs. Yeah, skills that make him a nightmare for rabbits like Le Pont. Yeah. Which, is that a play on Lupin? I think it might be. I was, I was, I was curious about that, but... Yeah, I mean, this goes exactly the way you would expect it to as as a children's movie would. Uh, he he succeeds, he wins, uh, he finds the scepter, uh, but then his uh, uncle, his villainous uncle, takes the scepter and then uh, attempts to take over the kingdom. And then he defeats his uncle by uh, throwing him down a fucking well. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely kills him. He's definitely dead. But you don't see it because, you know, why show death in a children's thing unless it's Bambi's mom? (laughs) The turtle also has to become comfortable with his body because he was born without a shell. I think he's just actually a toad that thinks that he's a turtle. Interesting. A turtle is just a toad that carries around a building. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's definitely a perspective and also meg the skunk has to be comfortable become comfortable with her body although like she had already made peace with herself and who she was but like right she had to overcome her own body shame issues because like no kids want to play with a skunk uh so she tried to get people to like her by shoving a cork up her ass so that her stink wouldn't come out. That's that's true. She showered a lot. You know, it was she she winds up being like the mentor of like, hey, yeah, you can totally be comfortable in your body. I had to become comfortable in my body, you know, so it, it's up to you, chicken hair uh, person with unoriginal name in order to become comfortable with yourself. Yeah, at least at least her name was Meg and not like. Stink ass or something. Yeah, stink ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say like it's swamp the ass. Piss yeah, cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. I I just don't know why it's called fucking chicken hair. Uh, no one really does. All right. Well, anything else about chicken hair and the hamster of darkness? I mean, the animation's not bad. It's cute. No, it's okay. It's nothing special. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, it's a 3D animated yeah. rabbit. Yeah, it's like we've we've mastered it at this point. You you did the thing. Yeah. Uh, so what would you give it? Uh, we'll go with three. It's solid. Yep, that's the correct answer. It's a three. All right. Well, uh, let me check the Skeddy Munson here. Uh Next week on the show, we are doing Resident Evil along with a patron review for The Quick and the Dead from Yaney. Uh, and we will be joined by Nick and Brad. Yep. Uh, Nick of Nikolai's Kitchen and uh, Brad of the Cinema Guys, who uh, I know. Nick, I mean, Nick loves his Resident Evil movies. Uh, Brad also loves his Resident Evil movies, but for a different reason. And um, 
Yeah. So fuck it. Four person episode. Well, partial episode next week. Uh, am I going to hate it? Who knows? We'll find out after and post. Does Nick love the Resident Evil movies? No, that's the joke. <laughs> he hates them. So therefore, we must have him on for this. And does Brad love them because Mila Jovovich is hot? Uh, no, he loves them because they're garbage. Yeah. So. Yeah, we got a we got a cornucopia of uh, different variables for next week's episode, which is going to make it very entertaining to talk about um, the the Resident Evil series. Yeah, probably. All right. And if you want to hear that, you can uh, follow the show at Netflix and That's your one stop shop for all things. Netflix and it has our social media links as well as links to other podcasts on our website, such as. Stacking Triggers, Imagine the Gathering podcast, which had an episode this week. Rabbit Ears TV podcast, which will have an episode later this week, talking about uh, the Netflix original series Ozark with Ashley and Gerald uh, of Two Peas on a Podcast, which will shortly, very shortly, become a uh, a, a podcast you can listen to on Netflix and uh, Old episodes are up. New episodes are coming August 1st. And then there's also Apple Teeny Plus whenever Brad and Gerald decide they want to record that show. Yeah. Um... I don't know. At some point, Gerald and I are going to be doing a uh, album reviews for Coheed and Cambria albums. And I I sent him a link to the first one that we're going to talk about uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I checked in with him, I think, on like Wednesday. And I was like, hey, how how do you like that album? He's like, "Uh, it's not bad. I listened to most of it. And I was like. It's been a week and a half, bud. (laughs) How do you not have an hour to sit down and just listen to an album? Fucking Gerald. We love Gerald. Well, I love Gerald. I won't I won't speak for you. But yeah, that's coming at some point. Yeah. Uh, Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, which is uh, how I feel about Gerald existence, Gerald's existence. Uh, and I, I feel salty about it, which is another one of the five taste sensations. Yes, that's true. (laughs) You know, the five tastes, sweet, bitter, sour, umami, and salt. No, no, no. You're forgetting the the most important one of all. Well, the, the one they all combine into. Ass. I guess that's true. Until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.